Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What up, everybody? I'm going to initiate a call to action for everyone to donate $1.99 so that you can access the back catalog of the podcast as well as to help your podcast grow. I'm trying to grow the podcast and I want to do that with you guys and make it better and brighter and bring you more information. So if you want to access the back catalog and help support me as an artist, I appreciate you and please donate at anchor.fm underneath Lockdown Universe. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. What up, y'all? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and paranormal lore. So today, I got an interesting one, a uh, NDE near-death experience from 1981, June 1981. As you remember, the last uh, near-death experience was from uh, last year, 2021. So we're going back about 40 years here. And... Um, this one involves a woman who passed away in the hospital and engaged with multiple angels, both male and female, one being a lumberjack and another being a small girl, which is really interesting. So let's get down to it. So it, the lady's name is Anne L. to keep her confidentiality. So her first name's Anne, last name starts with L. And she states that she passed out in the x-ray room, which was a semi-private room around 10 p.m. at night. And she states that as they got me into bed, I remember how shockingly cold the hospital floor was. It was early summer and I had worn flip-flops to the hospital. My feet were bare and I could not believe how cold the floor was. She also noticed how dirty her feet were too. So she was tossing and turning, and her hand was bandaged, and she had an IV going in of antibiotics, and she felt like she was going to pass out again like she did in the x-ray room. So she decided to fight the sensation, but she didn't like it. She knew that she couldn't fall down again, and she was just spinning, and dizzy. Uh, being dizzy wasn't comfortable. I rolled out of my left side and then grabbed the bed rail, and then... I don't know how to describe it. Uh, she couldn't feel her body at all. She states, it felt like warm shampoo. Really bizarre. It wasn't dry, and it wasn't liquid. It was like both at the same time. There was no pain, and I then swung my legs up off the bed and stood up. It was then that I noticed that the hospital floor wasn't cold anymore, and I couldn't feel the temperature on my feet. I could see my body on the bed, but I wasn't afraid of it or freaked out from being outside of it. It was the same sensation you have when you get out of your car. It's there, it's parked, and you don't think about it anymore. I didn't worry about it at all. It wasn't scary, and I was never worried about it. At the point the room at this point the room started to expand, it got bigger and it changed. The curtain that once hung from the ceiling of the hospital room was not on a rack 
anymore. It was just ahead of me. It was like a time warp had occurred. Suddenly there was a bright yellow lung machine against the far wall, and a window in the wall had gotten bigger too. It was like the scene from the film in the 1940s, and nothing registered with me at the time. It was just all accepted as being normal. Nothing I saw ever was alarming or frightening. Now I was alone in this hospital room, but suddenly there was a man before me. His back was turned to me, and he, was, he also had a hospital gown on. Thankfully, I couldn't see the back of it, lol. <laughs> he seemed older, around his late 60s, and I didn't know him. I never questioned why he was in the room. Then everything went pitch black, the darkest dark ever. I remember never having fear. I was suddenly struck blind. I just accepted that everything went dark. I remember putting my hand before my face, and I could see my hand, and then I couldn't. So, <clears throat> in this particular area, I wouldn't consider it a, a room. That's the wrong word. I could tell it was immense and close at the same time, and it was completely silent. It wasn't scary, and I wasn't worried. I thought I, I had a thought to when school kids were on the playground who used to torment me for not being baptized, and telling me that they were going to be, th I was going to be thrown into a lake of fire for not being baptized like them. And I thought, God, and that's when the door appeared. In the dark, a door slightly appeared with a jarred open. It was about 500 feet from me. In that instance, I thought of the door. Instantly, I was at the door. As I put my hand on the doorknob, it felt like I was walking into the house where I lived. I had not, did not question about why the door was there. It was comfortable and welcoming, and I was home. And as I opened the door, the room that it led to was solid white. The first thing I noticed was there was a seam where the floor met the wall, and it just wasn't there. I thought it was very odd. I followed it with my eyes, seemingly to the corner, but there was no sharp edge or corner. And then I started looking up the wall, looking for a seam to where the walls would meet, but there wasn't there one either. So everything started to become more brighter and more vivid. There was a blue sky that was expansive and as beautiful as the sky above our heads. I saw the ceiling of heaven. It was as big as the sky is over your head right now. It was huge. There were bright fluffy clouds, some birds as I noticed, and um, then I noticed some crown mold molding around the walls. As my eyes followed the beauty of this scrolling ceiling, I saw that it was supported by a massive beam that had a carousel carving to it, like a pole that goes through the horse that you ride on. Very interesting. At this point, a male angel showed up. There's, and these are in bold letters. Everything from this point on is telepathic communication. They never spoke in the way that we do. It was all through the mind. Every word nuanced every gesture and every feeling I was aware of. He didn't poof into the room. He didn't walk in. He didn't fly in. He didn't even have wings. He was dressed like someone from my neighborhood. He was very handsome, and he reminded me of a boy that I liked at school. He was tall, blonde, and rugged looking, and he had a red flannel shirt on. I could see the very I could see the white undershirt peeking out from underneath and he had 501 Levi's jeans and black Converse high top sneakers. It's nice to know that they still have style in heaven, isn't it? Of course, this struck me as very odd because at the time everyone was wearing white Reebok high tops and I thought his fashion choice was way off. And at this idea he smirked and said, "Do you want to stay or do you want to go?" Reminds me of that song, right? Should I stay or should I go? 
and instantly I felt I had all the time in the world to make my choice. Instantly I thought of my mother. During that time I was thinking of my mom. I saw her in the living room of our home. On the phone, she was getting word from my dad that I was coding. That means dying. And they were doing all that they could. I had been found dead in my bed in my bed by my dad. I could feel my mother's fear and the hurt that she could lose me. It made me concerned she would be upset if I stayed in heaven. Would I miss my mother too if I stayed? And would I get in trouble with her if I stayed in heaven? As I rolled that thought around in my mind, a female angel then showed up. She was blonde and smaller than me and dressed in a yellow dress. She also had no wings. I didn't immediately realize I was talking to angels, and then she said, you don't have to worry about that. Your relationship with your mother will change later on. And instantly, I had no more concerns about what my mother thought of or felt about my choice. And the scene of her with, um, with, my, phone, with my dad on the phone ended. At this point, I still had no idea where I was, who I was talking to, or what was going on. I didn't feel confused either. Everything was just accepted like it was the most normal thing in the world. And I decided to stay in this place with these people. Oh, should I stay in this place with these people or should I go back to my life on earth? At this point, a really odd thing started to happen. I had the sensation of being two people at once. This is really interesting. I've never heard about this in a near-death experience. Not that my, my soul was being torn in two or anything, but there was just me and there was another me at the same time. The other me was older, wiser, and knew stuff that I didn't. I call it flight control because it's like they are the control tower. It's hard to explain. The me making the decision to stay our goal was the part of me that was already there. I knew that part was long-term and never left this place. It's hard to describe or explain. As the angel who very much didn't want me to return to Earth, rallied against me going back, the other half of me countered with reasons to go back to Earth. I still have to go see my son. Uh, I instantly knew that having my son was part of my life's purpose, a goal for living for him to, and being his mother and raising him. Uh, nothing about who his dad would be or anything like that, just that I, would have, I had to have my son and raise him. And I also... Uh, I also knew that uh, much later in life, in my 30s, uh, an angel said, you, your life will always be a struggle. I had no idea what that meant. I'm only 17 without a brain in my head. And my first thought was, will I struggle for food or shelter? But there was no answer. But I knew the struggle had nothing to do with money, food, or anything material like that. It was something else that was going to happen soon. And then the angel said to me, there are choices you can make that can cost your soul, cost you your soul. And again, I had zero clue what he meant. Zero. I stood there confused, and then the angel showed me war. In this quote-unquote video, I was on earth and I was older, much older, which is my age now. And I, I was running with a group of people being led by a soldier, but I couldn't place where the uniform uh place the uniform that he had on it was khaki in color and our guys in the military in the united states wore green fatigues so it made no sense to me i saw the guy had a rifle and we were all running for safety i could see smoke i could hear the bullets being fired i could see sandbags and the block walls that we were running for 
and the soldier had a square backpack on, which reminded me of the soldiers in World War I, but it was very square, not well-rounded at the corners, so it was kind of confusing. And then the scene ended. This female angel who showed me all this was being stopped by someone I could not see or hear. They were having a conversation, and I knew that it was something to do with my free will if she showed me more. The person who arrived never showed themselves, and there was no recrimination or judgment or admonishment. The woman I was talking to now stood before a very long sheet on a clothesline. About 80 people were behind her in a short distance off, and I could not see them clearly, but I knew they were there to welcome me. I could feel from this woman a grandmotherly aunt sort of feeling, very caring, and that we had known each other for eons, not just years or decades, but eons, before the world had been formed. She had my best, best interest at heart. Then the other part of me, the one I mentioned before, spoke up and said, I have a lot of work to do, and my first thought was, what, digging dishes? Then I agreed that I did have a lot of work to do on Earth, even though I had no clue what the work was, and then I had a falling sensation, and I was slammed with great force into my body in my hospital bed. My father had a hold on my foot and a look of great concern on his face. I would not wish that on any parent. Um, And my dad was a World War II Pearl Harbor survivor. And a nurse said, welcome back. And she looked at my dad and said, he'll be okay. And began to peel stickers off of me. I've remembered this event all these years. And the rage I felt towards my sister that caused us to fight all the time were gone. I never fought again. I never told my father about the NDE. I didn't think he would believe me, and he died in 1997. I never told my fiancé, who was also murdered in cold blood five months after our engagement in 1990, because he was a devout something. It doesn't say what religion, but it just says he was devout. And he. I don't think he would believe me either. Uh, I now know that the struggle the angel was trying to tell me was the struggle of heartbreak, the choices that we can make that can cost me my soul, would be suicide. I did have my son in 1998 at the age of 34, and my son is 23 now, and he's an EMT, and I told both of my kids about my NDE. Other things have come true uh, from my near-death experience. My relationship to my mother did change. We no longer speak. She's very lost and in the care of my sister. I told my mother about my NDE when I was 40 years old. She told me the work I had to do was spiritual. As for the war, that remains to be seen. I know I did die in that. However, I saw no more of my life after the war scene. I think I get shot, but time will tell. Now, this near-death experience occurred in 1981. Um, Let's see if we can get a date on the report here. Because they said that he was 40 when 40 when his kid in 1998 he was 40 so what does that make him now 20 years would be 10 years would be 2008 another 10 would be 2018 so that'd be 54 plus another couple years about 58 this individual is so very interesting. Um, he states that it was very pleasant. Um, he engaged with a couple different uh, uh, angels. 
Um, and I think it's just fascinating. You know, I mean, this is, again, a, a different kind of experience than a lot of near-death experiences, especially when it comes to, like, seeing the future. I mean, a lot of people do see the future with their children, especially, as being, like, a purpose that they have to fulfill on Earth. But I don't hear a lot about these war-like stories, so I don't know if that's, like, going to be in America or if it's from a different location. Let's see if it does say which part of the world this is from uh, let me go back here does it say it doesn't say it's not the u.s um <coughs> but that's so i'm assuming it is the u.s i apologize it did say he and she throughout that uh article or testimony but it was it does look like it was Anne, so I'm assuming it does say she at the beginning. So what did you think about this one? Do you think it's more or less truthful than the last podcast with the 500-pound gorilla? I thought that one was pretty pretty striking and pretty different and pretty uh, vivid. But um, I see a couple more very in-depth experiences that I want to share, so I'm going to move on to those. Um, again, you know, keep these in mind as you're going about your day to day activities that, um, you know, there is a life after death out there, at least for those that believe that, um, doesn't have to be that you believe in any specific religion. Um, it's just that, uh, it's, it's a part of energy. It's a part of physics that, uh, it's kind of like those balls that you, you pick one up on one side and you slap it through the other and all the other balls stay still and the other one goes up and comes back down. Energy has to go somewhere, and all that energy in your body has to go somewhere. So, I will bring you another one, and hopefully you enjoy it. Nonetheless, hopefully you guys are taking care of your spiritual, physical, and emotional health, following through on your hobbies and your goals and dreams this weekend. Do something that makes you have some fun if you can. Watch a funny movie, if you can get up, get a little exercise in the sun, and paint. Make some music. Make a podcast. Do whatever makes you happy. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, guys, take care. And Lockdown Universe out.